0: I'd like to begin the uh, guided meditation tonight with some teachings that we can reflect on. Sister Veda Anandi, uh, one of the Amravati nuns, I'm not sure if she's still in robes or not, wrote an article a while back called The Joy Hidden in Sorrow. And she quotes Stephen Levine at the beginning, this well-known quote, where he said, or wrote, The distance from our pain, from our wounds, from our fear, from our grief, is the distance from our true nature. I'll just read a few paragraphs from her writing. In our relationships with each other, with our families, we can begin to use wisdom as our refuge. That doesn't mean we don't love, that we don't grieve for our loved ones. It means that we're not dependent on our perceptions of our mother and father, children and close friends. We're not dependent on them being who we think they are. We no longer believe that our happiness depends on their love for us, or they're not leaving, not dying. We're not, we're able to surrender to the rhythm of life and death, to the natural law, the Dharma of birth, aging, sickness, and death. When Marpa, the great Tibetan meditation master and teacher of Milarepa, lost his son, he wept bitterly one of his pupils came up to him and asked, Master, why are you weeping? You teach us death is an illusion. And Marpa said, death is an illusion, and the death of a child is an even greater illusion. Marpa showed his disciple that while he could understand the truth about the conditioned nature of everything and the emptiness of forms, he could still be a human being. He could still feel what he was feeling. (coughs) He could open to his grief. He could be completely present to feel that loss. There is nothing incongruous about feeling our feelings, touching our pain, and at the same time understanding the truth of the way things are. Pain is pain. Grief is grief. Loss is loss. We can accept those things Suffering is what we add on to them when we push away, when we say, no, I can't. Together, while I was reading the names of my grandparents who were murdered together with my aunts and uncles and their children during World War II, their naked bodies thrown into giant pits, those images suddenly overwhelmed me with a grief that I didn't know was there. I felt a choking pressure, unable to breathe. As the tears ran down my cheeks, I began to recollect, bringing awareness to the physical experience and to breathe into this painful memory, allowing it to be there. It's not a failure to feel these things. It's not a punishment. It is a part of life. It's part of this human journey. So the difference between pain and suffering is the difference between freedom and bondage. If we're able to be with our pain, then we can accept, investigate, and heal. But if it's not okay to grieve, to be angry, or to feel frightened or lonely, then it's not okay to look at what we are feeling. And if it's not okay to hold in our hearts and to be able to be able to hold in our hearts and to find our peace with it, if it's not okay to hold it in our hearts and to find our peace with it, when we can't feel what we must, with if we can't feel what must be felt when we resist or try to run from life, then we are enslaved. When we cling to where we suffer, where we cling is where we suffer. But when we simply feel the naked pain on its own, our suffering dies. That's the death we need to die. So later in the guided sit, we'll do some reflections on death. But let's begin by taking a few minutes, stabilizing the attention here in the present moment with the body sitting or with the breath or with hearing. Contemplating directly the experience of embodiment here and now this body sitting or this body breathing, this body hearing. (coughs) Contemplating the safety in the opening to the body sitting or the body breathing, the body hearing. knowing that this is here and now. This is the one thing that can be trusted, this knowing of the here and now which can be as simple as knowing the breath, coming in or going out. Simple as feeling the body sitting, the predominant sensations in the body. Awareness of hearing, grounding or sustaining with the experience of embodiment. Sensing the relative safety, the refuge, respecting and valuing calm, so many moments and years and maybe lifetimes, the mind has mistakenly protected itself from the truth of change. And this is so obvious when we contemplate the truth of birth, aging, sickness, and death. All the different ways we find the mind in denial, defensive, reactive. How we distance ourselves from the pain of loss, feel Personally threatened by the pain of loss or the pain of change, pain of insecurity. The Buddha says to his practitioners, his students, O oh, practitioners, Maybe you can possess that possession that is permanent, stable, eternal, not of the nature to become other than it is, that would stay just like it is for an eternity. Do any of you see such a possession? And the monks respond, certainly not. exactly monks, exactly practitioners, neither do I. (coughs) So we're going to contemplate the body in this meditative pose. I'll read a couple of the traditional Buddhist reflections on the body. You can just receive the words and then allow the mind to contemplate the words you hear. You don't need to force this, but just allow images and the reflection to unfold. If a practitioner were to see a corpse cast away in a charnel ground, picked at by crows and vultures and hawks, by dogs, hyenas, and various other creatures. Just allow the image to ripen in the mind. A very natural image of creatures feeding themselves on bodies that have died. One of the most natural things there is life subsisting on life or on bodies, imagining a skeleton smeared with flesh and blood, connected with tendons, And you can use your own experiences having stumbled across the corpse of an animal out in the woods maybe at some point in your life. A fleshless skeleton smeared with blood, connected with tendons, a skeleton without flesh or blood connected with tendons. So just the natural falling apart, drying out of a dead body. Use your imagination. As more and more creatures, small, tiny creatures, bigger creatures feed off of the body, leaving less and less behind, bones detached from their tendons, scattered in all directions. Here a hand bone, there a foot bone, here a shin bone, there a thigh bone, here a hip bone, there a back bone, here a rib, there a chest bone, here a shoulder bone, there a neck bone, here a jaw bone, there a tooth, here a skull, As we continue the contemplation, we can realize that even those people we've known in the past who've died, maybe grandparents or parents, all the different pets that we've either buried or passed away, been taken away, that their fate, the fate of their bodies at least, is exactly this fate. You just imagine the very natural, inevitable process of the breaking apart of the body of our loved ones or pets until it's just the scattered bones, whitened, the color of shells piled up, eventually falling apart into a powder Great lineage of all of our ancestors now for the most part, just dust remains of the bodies. And then the Buddha invites us at the end, he says, this body too, such is its nature, such is its future such its unavoidable fate. So we contemplate this about this body right here, right now. If left to natural processes, this body too will be consumed by large and small creatures after the time of death. It, too, will dry out. Every last bit that can be consumed will be consumed. And the bones will whiten and eventually fall apart, turning to dust, until eventually there's nothing that is even recognizable as a body. You could just imagine just the little fragments and mixing in, blending into the soil. Not only this body, The body of all our loved ones. You can just imagine that. Your children, everybody in this room. There's no birth without aging, sickness, and death and decay. Suggest these reflections. Everyone has to die. So just take a few seconds and reflect on that truth. Everyone has to die. Our lifespan is decreasing continuously. can repeat the phrase a few times and just contemplate the truth of the statement. Our lifespan is decreasing continuously. Just the simple truth of the statement. Don't need to be dramatic about it. The amount of time spent in our life to develop the mind is very small. Human life expectancy is uncertain. There are many causes of death. In this reflection, we can even bring to mind those people we know who have died. All the different ways that the body dies, car accidents, brain tumors, respiratory illnesses, cancer, old age, violence of one kind or another. and reflecting the human body, this human body is so fragile. Sense of the beating heart, this exchange of oxygen that happens continuously all the many, many processes that life is dependent on, this fragile continuation of life in the body, the fighting off of infections happening all the time, And in the last three reflections, our possessions and enjoyments cannot help. Our loved ones cannot help. These truths, the truth of change, the truth of birth, aging, sickness, and death, can't be changed due to the intervention of our loved ones or through the pleasant experiences that might come our way. They do not ultimately change the course of birth, aging, sickness, and death. body cannot help, that someday this body will be unable to continue, just that real sense of the limitation of this body. Meditation with the five remembrances. I'll say them out loud and then you can repeat them silently in your mind. This is perhaps slightly different translation, I'm not sure. I'm of the nature to decay, I have not gone beyond decay. Have seen any resistance as you repeat that a couple times. This body is of the nature to decay. It has not gone beyond decay. This body is of the nature to die to be deceased. It has not gone beyond disease. This isn't some failure about the body's exposure to disease, to sickness. This body is of the nature to die. It has not gone beyond death. that is mine, dear, and delightful will change and vanish. Some of you know all too well how this can be true. Something that was dear was there one day and then was gone. even our experience with pets and friends, partners, jobs. All that is mine, dear and delightful, will change and vanish. I am the owner of my actions, my karma. I am the heir to my actions, karma. I am born of my actions, my karma. I am related to my actions, my karma. Whatever karma I shall create, whether good or bad, that I shall inherit.